We need there to be the first health plan in the United States that leverages its membership to create and negotiate for lower pricing because the four carriers do the opposite. Me or you can call up a hospital and in 10 minutes or less, we can get a better price tag cash for care than Blue Shield can as a multi-billion dollar industry in Texas. We will be embedded in one, if not two health plans this year that leverage membership and our pricing structure for better pricing. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Solving Healthcare podcast. This is Mike Andrade, and I'm excited about our interview today. It's a very lively individual by the name of Bill Hennessy. He is the CEO of Pratter Incorporated. He is a doctor. He ran a very successful medical billing practice, and he's kind of taken his expertise and experience as both to form a transparency company that drives value to employers and employees by making the cost variation and cost variability within healthcare a known commodity. It makes it easier for employees to make the right decision using cost as an essential element for their healthcare equation. Welcome to the meeting, Bill. Pratter Day. It's always Pratter Day to you, bro. Pratter Day in the park. Somebody, a lady told me that two years ago when she first met me out of Michigan. She said she couldn't get out of her head Chicago because they had a song similar. Oh, yeah. No, that song stuck in my head right now, too. I mean, before you even said it. And I said, once we get significant revenues flowing, we're hiring Mick Jagger to do our jingle. <laughs> Doobie, I've been prattered, prattered. <laughs> I was thinking maybe you get Peter Cetera or somebody like that to, to just re-sing it, you know, just insert your name as opposed to, uh, Mick Jagger would be pretty badass. So how's it going for you, bud? It's the mixed blessing time. The pandemic, this is a bunch of stupid fear mongering if you ask me medically, but the blessing is, is the inbound leads have been fantastic for us the past two months. Now everybody has to look at cost structure so we become a need instead of a want. We're the only one that line itemizes your medical spend. On the downside though, some groups that were in the thousands were gonna start with us in June and July. And now that's more looking like October, November. Yeah, well, that's the funny thing is, you know, you're right because this is a great opportunity for folks that just think differently or even folks that don't think differently that are being forced to find solutions. This is just a great time to do that. and so. The beauty of it is that, yeah, there's ripe opportunity now because I think you have a lot of folks that are, it's not even a want to survive. They have to do things differently. It just paints a great picture for companies like yours and people like me and, and other folks like me that want to be able to harness solutions that are just typically frowned upon by the traditional either consulting firm or traditional healthcare provider. So Mambuka connection, as I call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we typically do in this, and I know that we tried to do a podcast before, and I forget the gentleman's name, but... It was Mark Robinson. Yeah, he tried selling way too hard, and this isn't really... You're going to just come off naturally, but... Uh, Educational. A little yeah. double E I go for. Educational <laughs> yeah, and entertaining. Yeah. Somebody talked to me briefly about you, also from Houston, a friend of mine, Glenn Hillier. Oh, yeah, he's, Glenn. He's Glenn. with Lucent Health as a VP of sales and they have absolutely promised anybody that wants Pratter in and full access to their claims data, they'll get. And as of two weeks ago, our new Pratter report feature is we show you, here's what you spent, let's say, with your Aetna plan. Here's what you could have spent had you used better price providers. That's old. The new one is, is 
here's what you could have spent Medicare RBP. And we let Mike mm-hmm. toggle 140, 150, 160, 180, or 200% of Medicare, and you're done. Bill, you're getting a little ahead of the conversation here. What I typically like to do in a podcast is let's talk about the problem first, right? First, sure. But I want you to kind of introduce yourself and spend a little bit of time talking about who you are. Your background is unique for what you do because when as a medical billing person, you understand where the opportunity exists to create waste, but essentially improve the profit of a practice. You probably made money by doing that. But then also as a physician, just having a commitment to care, you just have a unique perspective. And so maybe I've done your introduction for you, but that plus let's describe the problem that you're trying to fix. And then we'll go through the, however you want to go through the Prada report, the money map and and the the various elements that you use to help. And I call it activation. I don't know what else to call it, but when you're working with an employer and they get that they don't have to go to a shelf and pick out a box and they don't have to have the conversation about, well, shit, I've got to essentially pass cost onto my employees and they don't want to do that, right? Once you activate them and say, hey, there's different ways of doing it, maybe you can activate their employees. And so I don't know if we'll get into the activation component, but just how you support that type of, I don't want to call it consumerism, but it's just that type of activation. As we get more mature as a company with more offerings and IT capability, there's now health plan level solutions and member level solutions. And it's important to have health plan level solutions because that's where the biggest savings is. And I know you're carrier agnostic or just agnostic in that your alignment is with your customers and you're going to make sure the there's no misaligned incentives. And so you're very transparent with what you do. But are you working now with health plans like a Blue Cross, like an Aetna? Have they embraced something like you yet? They're still not blowing kisses our way, Mike. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Well, actually, because yeah, you, you probably create a problem with them contractually, because if somebody goes to Methodist Hospital or fill in the blank hospital, they, they, they're never compelled. They can't steer care. And so you've given people actual transparency. to. Well, they could. Yes. We need there to be the first health plan in the United States that leverages its membership to create and negotiate for lower pricing, because the four carriers do the opposite. Me or you can call up a hospital and in 10 minutes or less, we can get a better price tag cash for care than Blue Shield can as a multi-billion dollar industry in Texas. Oh, yeah. You know what's funny? So if you go to Memorial Hospital's website, they post their pricing online and it's three times higher in cost with insurance versus cash. Like, how is that even human to do that? I mean, that doesn't even make sense, right? And you think about the, the leveraging purchasing power you should have. If I bring a shit ton of people to you, and say, give me a rate. It shouldn't be, okay, well, we'll triple our costs. That makes no sense. Bingo. There's one fiduciary there, the stock (laughs) shareholder. Yeah. We will be embedded in one, if not two health plans this year that leverage membership and our pricing structure for better pricing. All right. So Bill, tell us really briefly a little bit about you. Well, I am an MD because I got the multiple choice questions correct in medical school and paid a couple hundred thousand dollars. I like to think I have common sense, though, and I like to use the two C's, common sense and care, to deliver affordable access to care for all of us. I also own a physician billing company. These CPT codes, the billing codes, I've lived and breathed many of them. I understand the difference between that and a revenue code 
or a diagnostic related group code. And I understand the game, I hate to say game, but it's the game that's played where it's collect premium, deny payment. And my billing company has had to work hard to get physician and their medical staffs, their fee for services that they're due. I also understand that employers and employees feel both helpless and hopeless when it comes to understanding access to care and even how to read a medical bill. And so I decided to take my medical billing and my medical business skill sets and combine them to form Pratter, which means price matters in 2014. A little tidbit too, my father has been a foundation director, a C-suite hospital executive, a hospital board of director member for most of his 50 years, and he just retired at age 80. He he deserved it, but he was always in support of the community hospital that truly served its community. So the Hennessy's just come from a medical money background. Interesting point. Well, congratulations to your dad and make sure you thank him for his service to all communities and to his patients. You made a couple of points about people being scared to access the healthcare system. And, I, and I'm sure you've seen the statistics about bankruptcies. Typically, 65 to 70% of all bankruptcies are for for medical or health-related reasons. The irony about that is that the overwhelming majority of folks in that situation have health insurance. The Treasury puts out a report every year talking about just the, the state of the average household. And four out of 10 people would have a hard time paying any surprise bill over $400. 25% of folks carry some type of debt related to healthcare. So it's a big problem. It's getting bigger. I imagine right now it's probably on the minds of many folks that are either furloughed or they just lost their job in terms of what they can do. In your world, talk about the problem that you're trying to solve. I know it's about price transparency, but it's a lot more than that. So give us a real quick insight as to the problem as you see it. And let's start with that. The problem, as I see it, is the hospitals and insurance companies have blended health care and health insurance, which has had the pricing from soup to nuts, made it invisible. And that's where there's no other way to word it. We've all been ripped off. And insurance in any other industry is for the financial catastrophe that we cannot afford. If I specifically put that into the medical world, that means hospitalization or cancer. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, there are many companies that sell just hospitalization and cancer policies. You can have excellent ones by large companies, some publicly traded, policy for a family of four for under $1,000. So you think about it, the average family US of A in a typical health insurance company plan is paying 30,000 a year or 2,500 a month. Mm -hmm. They consume an average of $3,000 a care. Four out of five never meet their national average of a $6,000 deductible. So take $30,000 plus $3,000 out of pocket toward the deductible. That's $33,000 to get $3,000 worth of care. That's not sustainable. That's not properly using insurance. What's the problem with care though? Care needs to be a commodity market. Same amount of time, same amount of effort. Same machinery for blood work, a CT or MRI. The pricing shouldn't vary by 1,000% in the same city, in the same carrier network, but it does. So we are publishing as many 
real price tags, US of A as we can at Pratter. We are also pointing out all of the better price facilities, even if we don't absolutely know their price to a dollar. And to create capitalism and eliminate cronyism in healthcare. Yeah. So, Bill, you said a lot there. There's a lot of problems within the healthcare system. But what echoed the most about what Pratter does is try to address the insane variability in healthcare costs that, for a variety of reasons, there is. And my wife's a perfect example. She takes an injection once a month, and Medicare pays $4,000 for that injection. Same damn box for three different hospitals, but that cost can be $8,000, $10,000, or $16,000. And the one word 16,000 is actually the worst care because the nurses don't know how to administer the injection, right? So why should there be that much variability in cost? But then also, when we actually had to figure out where to go, you call, in this case, it's Blue Cross. They don't know how to direct you anywhere because they say, look, I mean, we called them and said, look, you already met your out of pocket. So just stay where you are. That doesn't make any sense either, right? And so I just want to validate. That's what I'm hearing you say is that a big part of your why is addressing price variability at the employer level, but also giving employee the tools so that they can figure out what a price for that commodity should be. Is that correct? Yes. We want to get the 1,000% pricing variation per care item in the same city in the same network down to the BP or Exxon price, meaning I want to see two cents difference from one provider to another for the same commodity outpatient care. So let me ask you a question, Bill, because I know that we'll get into the Prada report and other ways that you help arm employers with that information. But at a high level, what is the overall cost impact? And I don't know if you have an exact number or not, but the overall cost impact that price variation has on a typical employer. Does that question make sense? Yes. And you're the first one to ask it. But we've actually looked at it. So thanks for being the first to ask it. You made me feel good. No problem, bud. We took a case with 100,000 lives in a carrier network, and we know that the access fee for the privilege of the network was $30 per member per month. If the pricing variation would be eliminated and everybody could have gotten the same lower cost care in each of the cities in the different states, it's a negative 700% ROI for the carrier network. Okay. So if a group paid $10 million for network access, we were finding that they had a $70 million that they could have saved if they'd used better price places in that network. Okay. And did you convert that to say, okay, it was $10 million in claims? What would the impact have been? Is, is that a 70% adjustment or is that more of like a 20 or 30%? Does that make sense? If we look at what we can do on the outpatient care only for the pricing variation in a typical health plan, to keep math simple, it's 10% approximately. So if a thousand life group spends the national average of 12,000 employee per year, that's 12 million a year being spent blindly, mind you, at this point. And we're saying 1.2 million could be saved. That's just on outpatient that's just on routine outpatient care. So, okay, let's just say it's a lot of money and it's something that absolutely you should focus on. And I guess also what I want to make sure you're saying is that we're not looking at the bottom of the barrel, lowest quality doctor ever. Am I correct in saying that? How do you get your baseline price? Correct. We're talking keeping people in network. That's number one. 
So they're already vetted. If you're paying $30 for the network, you got to believe in the network if you're paying that kind of jing. It's all in network, number one. Number two, it's all commodity routine care. It's the facility fees that we're after. The pricing variation is not in the doctor. It's 10 to 1 typically. A doctor gets about $300 for an upper or lower GI scope. The hospital can get three grand for the facility fee for just 15 minutes in the building. Mm-hmm. But if that was done at an independent surgery center, it might be a $1,200 facility fee. But the doctor still gets the same $300. Wow. It's the facility fee. It is not the doctor. The most expensive facility fee by far is the hospital facility. Right. The administrative component of the administrative aspect. So with that in mind, Bill, can you talk a little bit about how Pratter helps employers and what tools that you use to help activate or help them realize where there are savings opportunities specifically? Uh, Yes, especially during pandemic time, we're using the term furlough instead of layoff or being fired. It's in vogue. So now companies and unions are being absolutely forced to look at cost structure. As an expert in benefits, you understand after salaries, it's healthcare. And so we were maybe a luxury to look at in the past. Now we are necessary. A Pratter report is the only line itemized report of cost drivers on the market. You can't manage what you can't measure. So literally what we're doing is we're taking the privacy component portion of claims data, meaning no diagnosis codes and no names. And we're showing you the test names that are the cost drivers, the real provider names and the real prices paid and the number of claims occurring at each of those price tags. Next to that, we are putting the national carrier average for that care item. Next to that, we're putting what Medicare pays for that care item. Now you as a CFO get to understand if you think you're getting a fair shake or not. In less than two minutes, you can understand your top 12 cost drivers in a Prada report. And why do I use 12? Because it's half your spend. Yes, there's 10,000 billing codes, but forget about it. The top 12 are half your spend. Common things happen commonly. Let's create solutions for one or two of them every six to 12 months. You're going to have an awesome ROI. Yeah, and so this to me is something completely different because I'm sure... You've been in meetings where the insurance company will walk in and give you this giant thick report. And at the end of the day, I call it a so what moment. You're like, they say you're sick. So what? What can you do about it? What I'm hearing you say about the Prada report is you're taking your actual claim data and you're saying, hey, based on your unique history, looking at the last year or two years, however long you look back, here's some actionable things and here's the variation in cost. And I like to say that if you've got a self funded plan, they write the check, so they should have more influence on in how they write the rules, right? And so by doing that, you're saying, look, here's the variation in cost. Here's Medicare. Here's the average. Here's what you're paying. Here's some variability about places of service as well. And I'm assuming that reinforces the thought process or the decision-making that an employer can say, you know what? I don't necessarily have to choose the carrier average. If I choose to go a different reimbursement route, I just want to make sure it's fair and it can be supported by data. Is that a fair statement? Yes, it is. So in terms of the Prada report itself, what else should an employer expect to see from that? When you see your top cost drivers, 
it helps tell you what you need to address. Mm-hmm. And just a, a couple examples. One of them is ER visits. For almost every organization in the U.S. of A, level four and level five visits are top two of the five. Now, in the billing world, they come in levels one, two, three, four, five. Intuitively, you might think, and you'd be correct, one means you have a minor ailment, you get paid the least. Five, as per the AMA CPT billing manual, that one standard billing manual used by everyone in the country is physiologic threat of life or limb. The most common code used? Level five. Well, So we really believe, Mike, you don't have to be a doctor, but do you really think the number one reason a bunch of 40-year-olds in a company go to the ER is to maybe live or die? And by the way, nine out of 10 of them go home. So the billing's saying one thing, but the medical evidence when they get a pat on the back and walk home is saying another thing. So when we point that out and how many hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars it's costing an organization, they have a generic fiduciary. They also have a federal ERISA fiduciary to do something about it. And there are multiple solutions. Those ER records at the level five should be reviewed. We're happy to do it. Or if you don't want us to, pick somebody else. But you've got to review it if it's a top five cost driver and get a claw back. What can you do going forward? You review the level fives before they're paid. Just the level fives. We at Pratter don't let the ER revenue codes get used. You say, what the heck's that? You just threw a curveball at me, Bill. There's a whole other billing system that has only four digits called revenue codes. And the biggest, baddest hospitals will use a four-digit revenue code to skirt the scrutiny of a level one, two, three, four, or five ER code to get paid exorbitant fees for a routine ER visit. And we say those should be blacklisted. You should never pay those nine ER revenue codes. And then we have a money map of the 8,000 most cost-effective urgent cares in the United States, knowing that at least some of those ER visits could have occurred in an urgent care center, but you didn't know where they were located, and you didn't know that they were in your network, and we have a Google map with Google markers on there. I just gave you one example of one major cost driver and how it can be laser-targeted. Yeah, I want to take a step back and kind of summarize that. You said a couple of things that many people may not know what they are, right? So great example of something that most folks think is totally out of their control, people going to the emergency room, right? And that's still going to happen. But what I'm hearing you say is like, that's going to rise up guaranteed one of the top 12 conditions that you need to do something about. And so if somebody says, well, I already paid these claims, what can I do? Well, there's companies out there will actually do a medical review post payment. They'll go to the hospital and say, hey, look, you need to send us the line item itemized bill for this service so we can review it. It's kind of like the difference between getting the receipt at the restaurant, you got the summary that says, here's the total amount, tip, and do the total versus the itemized one of all the stuff. Most health plans only get the summary route and never look at the itemized review stuff. That's a great example because you know what? You can go back and you can recover by having the right company that can not only review the itemized bill, but the appropriateness of those services. And I agree, if most of those are level four and five, it's not that you have a problem that's unique to you, but it's definitely a recovery opportunity. So that's a, a great reference point. So thank you for that. Do you have anything else you want to say about the Prado report, bud? Well, yeah, the largest one is the abuse of revenue codes. The average company or union in the U.S. is paying 40% of its bills in revenue codes. Those are unitemized. 
for your listeners that may not know this, revenue codes are four digits. The federal government always starts them with a zero so that they drop out on an Excel spreadsheet and they look like they're three digits, just to further confuse everybody in this confusing gig. Yeah, yeah. So if I was to tell you that a cardiology revenue code was 0480, it could have been a $30 EKG tracing. It could be a $1,000 echocardiogram. It could be a $10,000 defibrillator. It could be any one of a hundred different CPT codes. But if they just submit a bill with a 0480 cardiology revenue code for 20 grand, you can't discount a revenue code. How do you know to discount it? Because you don't have what you just said, an itemized bill. So revenue codes skirt the scrutiny of discounting a specific CPT code. And companies are way, way overpaying for care. So now they're able to get ten dollars to $20,000 for an MRI instead of $1,500. They're able to get $10,000 for a blood test instead of $50. And if you think that's not happening, I can show you in every single company, it's happening. But if you don't review your bills before you pay, and you don't review your bills after you pay, if we as a society give hospitals a free pass on how they bill, and carriers a free pass on how they pay or reprice. The cost is going to continue to skyrocket and brazen billing practices are going to continue. Yeah, yeah. And the unfortunate part is most health insurer, the administrative contracts, they'll allow for an audit, but not a bill review. And the unfortunate part is my experience in working with your traditional health insurance carrier, whether it's fully insured or self-funded, when you say, hey, I want to do a bill review, they'll say, you can't right? They'll absolutely not allow it. And I think a lot of it has to do with the contracts that, that they have with the hospitals, because the typical buyer, the employer will look at discounts, right? Well, if I can't scrutinize your bill, you might raise your charge master charge so I can get paid more and make my discount look better. But at the end of the day, I make more money, right? And so it's an unfortunate thing because the bill review process absolutely should be prepaid. I totally agree with you. Itemized bills. That's all we pay in the rest of our business or personal life. We at Prater highly recommend blacklisting over 100 revenue codes, never, ever paying them, absolutely demanding a CPT code. That does not create a denied bill, meaning a balance bill for the member. Yep. It's just saying, we'll pay you, but you got to give us an itemized bill. Yep. So we protect the member, but we're also saving the employer money. Yeah, fair feedback. I appreciate this commentary because I thought we were going to spend more time on the consumer tools, but I didn't realize how deep you go on the employer side. So the well, setup. If we, again, give the hospitals a free pass on how they bill and the carriers a free pass on how they pay, anything else we talk at the consumer end, I call it the Mikey Life serial end. Hey, let's see if they like Mike Andrade's solution. Let's see if they like Pratter's solution. Try it. See if they like it. That is insufficient to ever prevent skyrocketing healthcare costs. We have to address this at the plan level with the things that I'm saying that are in the Prater report. And we first, even before that, have to address a TPA agreement. There's approximately 10 most common, egregious, sometimes illegal TPA clauses that are harmful, financially harmful, unequivocally financially harmful to employers and unions. 
Understood, man. So by the way, if you saw me go into the fetal position, it's because my nickname when I was a kid was Mikey. And I grew up when that damn commercial was really popular. So <laughs> I used to hear that all the time. <laughs> I like the cereal. So, you know, I can't even look at the box. without. <laughs> so anyhow, Bill, understanding that, and then that's a vital strategic point that you bring to the table of saying, here's policy that you can set. Here's precedent you can set. And if your administrator won't allow you to do this, well, you need to make sure you either have a solution to wrap around that or you find a different administrator to do it. So very great and salient point. Let's talk a little bit about, and I don't know if this is the right time or not, but I want to talk a little bit about your money map and the consumer tools. Is there is there something else you want to talk about? Uh, we had enough of the highlights on the prairie, but we can tap the map now, Mike. Let's tap the map, bud. That means something to you. So tell us what that means. Well. I was on the front line of medicine and private practice for a bunch of years before I developed these other companies. Let me tell you what the average patient knows besides his or her doctor is in network. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) That's it. So let's look at the difference in what the carriers do today compared to 20 or 30 years ago. We used to get a phone book of all the providers. You used to be able to see all of them online. Now you can't. It's purposefully hidden. It encourages people to go to the most expensive place for care, hospitals. So we at Prater developed the money map because most people, meaning 99.99%, think that the same care and the same network has one low price. They don't know that it's a true thousand percent pricing variation, 400 to $4,000 for the same care. So the money map is Google markers on a Google map, color-coded by care type, blood work, imaging, surgery center, and urgent care center. And undercover over the past two years, we've looked at every website of every one of those centers, all 50 states. We've also interviewed them with our medical billers undercover, and they had to answer all our questions correctly. We've looked at their cost data best we can from our you know, over 1 billion claims. And we got rid of all the billing shenanigans. So Mike, you don't have to worry. Just one example, urgent cares. Well, if they're owned by the hospital, they could have a hospital facility fee. So you might get charged 175 for the doctor, but 175 for the facility. When I go get a haircut and pay 20 bucks for it, I don't pay $175 for a facility fee. That's just plain as stupid as it sounds. And it's unethical. We kick you out. Blue Shield or Aetna might say it's good enough for them. Prater says it's not meeting our standards. We're getting rid of the shenanigans. And if they use ER billing codes, ER CPT codes to get $1,200 a visit, maybe United and and Cigna say, that's fine by us. Prater says, no, you don't make the map. So, Bill, what I'm hearing you say is, and I think about this kind of like how Google or another service will allow you to pop up on the map, right? If you pay a little extra money, you'll pop up on the map. But yours is kind of the inverse. You're going to say, hey, look, we're going to use a similar process. We're going to use your particular network, Blue Cross or Aetna or Cigna. But you're allowing a selection criteria based on some information that just goes beyond if they're in the network or not, right? Using Mm -hmm. business intelligence and decades of experience in medical billing. And we're selecting the best for you. We make the correlation, the same employee who spends 30 seconds on his or her retirement plan a year looking at it, 90% now are in a target fund. Mm -hmm. Why? It's a trusted authoritative decision. You just do it. 
you just know that uh, American funds or Fidelity or Vanguard, it's good. The Prater money map. Well, these are just the best priced places in my network. It's a trusted, authoritative decision. That's just where you go. Yeah, understood. I just want to make sure for the listeners that they know you're not actually creating a separate network. No, we're creating what you would refer to as a healthy, narrower network in the network. We're knocking down a thousand percent pricing variation to ballpark 300%. We're whacking off 700% of what would be big time, unnecessary cost and waste. Understood. I just wanted to make sure that point was clear and that you said it because I knew that, but I just wanted to make sure that uh, the listeners may not have gotten that point. So in terms of the money map, that's something that individuals can use. It's a strategic element that I'm assuming an employer would have some thermostat that they could choose to open up the aperture or narrow it. Is that a fair statement? Yes. We make sure every end user has the map. Uh, It follows you US of A if you allow your smartphone to do that. Okay. And then in terms of the ease of use, I could use it as an individual, but if also I used a company like a concierge service or somebody that's going to intercept when a phone call happens, they can have access to that as well, correct? Correct. So TPA could have it. Plenty of outsourced companies like a quantum health, they can use that as well. And the nice thing about it is since you're not contracting with any providers, you're distilling. You don't have to worry about establishing a network in each of the locations, correct? Correct. We don't take any money ever from any providers. We have been asked that, but if we took money from the providers and then put them on our map, that's a financial conflict of interest. At that point, we'd be behaving like a health insurance company and and Prater aspires to be higher. No, what I mean by that is, is what I'm thinking is that you have companies that have just employees all over the country and those that are just, you know, they're concentrated in another center. And so you don't have to worry about establishing a relationship with doctors. You're just saying, I'm taking the access patterns that people have now and just trying to trying to narrow those to be a little bit more specific based on business intelligence and the rules you helped me define, Mr. or Ms. Employer, correct? That's absolutely correct. So we're in all 50 states and all the major carrier networks. We default to your company. So if your company had a specific network, as soon as you log in, that's the network you see. But let's say your spouse had a different network. We do permit you. We try to be nice at Prider. We permit you to change the network, and then she can look for care in her network. So tell us about the search engine. At our baseline, we have a contract with the federal government. It's nothing that you'd ever see on CMS.gov. This is all the stuff behind the scenes. Our contract permits us to show the medical provider name, the medical test name, the charge, known as the retail amount, and the claim allowable, known as the real price paid. And we do that for just over a billion claims in all 50 states. Put in the test name, zip code, and you get to see it. Absolutely awesome for Medicare reference-based pricing. It's also excellent for cash pay patients because you come up 20%, let's say, from the Medicare price, and that's your best deal. But you don't know what that number is unless you know what the Medicare price is. Cash must be higher than Medicare or else it's fraud. Taxpayer dollar must have best advantage. And then let's talk specifically, somebody has a carrier plan. Well, when we generate the Prada report and put it through our 25-step proprietary Prada process to cleanse the data and prep it and separate the professional fee from the facility fee, well, it's also ready to be searched. So if we signed up a specific carrier, let's say Cigna client, 
then our search engine for that employer is going to show their Cigna data at the real price paid. And that's what we deserve. And if you're self-insured, that's part of your fiduciary is to empower and manage your spend. And by sharing with your employees the actual Cigna pricing in that example, you get to see that 1,000% pricing variation. And if you have a deductible, you have the opportunity to gain access to affordable care. That's cool. So what shows up on the map is a list of providers that are vetted based on rules and then the actual price paid. The map doesn't have the price. The search engine has the price. And, And Mike, here's why in short. A lot of people know if they just need care, if the money map is the trusted authoritative decision and we know we're going to save money and prattered it all thinking so you don't have to and you needed the care anyway, you just go there. And besides, we give them a money incentive. They'll go there. But the search engine, it can be tough. Do you know what's in the claim allowable or discount rate? Do you know the definitions of a copay, coinsurance, deductible, and TPA payment? That's a mouthful for the average consumer. It'll be like Amazon and consumers will use a medical cost search engine if it's three things. One, known pricing. Two, great pricing. Three, guaranteed pricing. That's Amazon. That's Priceline. That's a proven business model. I understand. But what I was thinking more along the lines of is imagine for simple procedures, just like an MRI or, you know, if you know the MRI, does the map, does it distill or... The price range, because I'm thinking if you, you could have a hospital on there, you could have a specific outpatient centers, or you can just have a doctor's office, at, or you know what I mean. And so if it all shows up on the map, there's still going to be some variability in price. It's pretty significant, or am I missing something? No, the map is going to, generally speaking, have the lower third pricing that's in network, and, and it's not going to be exact. I agree with you, but we got to offer people choices. We can't have only one imaging center per city. So we have to give some choice. Now, you know, it depends on the personality. Does somebody gets intimidated and they just want to look at the map and it's just simple and I needed the care anyway? Well, that's most people is what we found. If you're really truly living paycheck to paycheck, or if you had an OCD like me, you will study the money math numbers on the search engine to really get at an exact price tag. So in terms of the navigation points, let's just say it's something a little bit more complicated, like knee surgery or some type of musculoskeletal surgery, where obviously the the quality of doctor is going to matter. And I'm not sure, is that still going to be the lowest third cost? Well, yeah, now you bring up a good point. That's uh, of the four categories we handle, the surgery center care could be the most complicated. So again, for most working Americans, it's either affordable access to care or no care. So how do we gain affordable access? It's the facility fee. So for that same knee arthroscopy, we have seen ranges of $4,000 for a facility fee to about $10,000 pretty commonly as a range. Mm -hmm. One report we just did in Texas recently, $52,000 for a knee arthroscopy as a facility fee. That was the discount price paid. Okay. So we want to have you not overpay the building because that building, that same square footage of an OR room from place A to place B to place C in your network, it's the same equipment. It's the same square footage. Maybe on the exterior, it has the same brick and even the same roof. That's not the value. 
the biggest cost and the most cost variation is in the facility fee. We still think that Mike deserves to pick the doctor he wants. So if you just knew the three best price surgery centers around you, and you got to study on our map the list of orthopedic surgeons at each of those three facilities and take the one that you're most comfortable with, that's what we want you to do. Pratter does not want to pick your doctor. We want you to pick your doctor. But we want to let you know that we don't want you to overpay by fives of thousands or tens of thousands of dollars on a facility fee. Yeah, understood. And so in terms of the use, you're going to have employers that are going to say, look, we're going to make this a mandatory thing, right? If they have the infrastructure in place where they can do that, you can do that, right? Uh, you would have to have a concierge service or somebody that could intercept. But you're also going to have those that say, you know, we want to make this available, but what are some things that we can do to help create a pull to a service like yours? And I'm assuming that there's a smart shopper or some type of awareness where you can say, hey, look, if you use a Pratter doctor, it's either free or there's some type of incentive baked in. Can, can you talk about that? Yeah, there's only one thing that motivates in America. It's money. That's mm -hmm. it. You know, so there's only two ways. If it's one of the 500 or so independent health plan TPAs, it's make it free. Now, you're the benefit consultant and you have to deal with the employer. Not Pratter. We're not going to tell you what to do, but we'll do what you want. You tell us what to do. Do you want that money map? We give you savings cards, the money map in your wallet and her purse. So it goes with your insurance card. It's a plastic card. Do you want that to say no copay providers or no copay, no co-insurance providers or free care or no out-of-pocket in-network providers? Pick your message. But bottom line is, in essence, it's a financial advantage. It's a free care. It's a better price care and it's in your network. And we can work with the TPA so that the claims get paid by the employer. Well, they'll gladly waive a copay and coinsurance if somebody gets a $700 MRI if they didn't go to the expensive hospital for two grand. No problem. That's good money math. Now, if we're talking a true Buca carrier, one of the four large carriers, they're not going to cooperate. Sad to say, almost doesn't make sense when it's coming out of my mouth, except I'm just used to it. They're not going to cooperate. So we just throw money at people. We have partnered with ADP. We have a global cash reward card. Nobody has to talk to ADP except Pratter. Money's put in a trust fund. It's called a slush fund. Mike takes a picture at a money map provider. We get it. We verify that it's a Pratter preferred location and that it's you're with that employer. They're actually very pretty, elegant debit cards with your first and last name. And we push money to your card. It's instant. It's Pavlovian. Mm -hmm. So now you get money. So you not only save money from going to a better price place, you actually get paid money, $50 up to $400 for surgery center care. So it depends. Again, independent TPA versus carrier TPA as to how we motivate with money. But it's just one answer. It's money. It's yeah, got to no, be no. easy to use. It's got to be money. Yeah. And I've seen it in people's faces when you roll out free, right? And you say, but there's a catch to it, right? It's like, you still have a choice no matter what. You can go where you want within your network. But if you pick up the phone and you're comfortable with the quality, know that it's going to be better than what your doctor would say in terms of go down the hall. I always say that those are the four most expensive words in healthcare. But when you see the look on their faces where you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I don't have to choose between 
paying rent or putting food on my table and I can have this MRI. It's a blessing to be able to experience that and be able to give the gift of that. And so I know exactly what you're saying. And yeah, it, it sounds like you've worked around if it's a TPA, it's a little bit more easy to incorporate into their payment process. If it's a BUCA carrier, then you've got a way to create the same effect. We want to activate your, I hate to using the word consumer, we want to activate your consumerism, or in your case, activate the, the money side, so be an American to get the care you need, but show you what's in it for you as well. Remember, what's insurance for? Catastrophe. This is only for routine things. So in essence, it's really coming down to be smart with our employer money or done with your own money. Okay. And then so in terms of a couple of things, who do you typically work with? Who's a typical customer for you? Self-insured unions are at the top. They are willing to fight for their members and represent their members to this point, quite frankly, more than employers. We do have some self-insured employers too. They'd be number two on the list. We've signed up one PEO, professional employer organization. And we're working with a handful of TPAs, and we expect that list to grow this year based upon who we've been talking to. There are independent TPAs that are agreeing to share all claims the Pratter way, as well as other ways, with the benefit consultants and employers and unions that want access to it. How do you make money? Well, we got two ways. Our money map, money reward, member incentive, and search engine is a per-member per month pricing, a modest per member per month pricing. You get the mobile experience, you get a card in your wallet, she gets a money map card in her purse. Access to our medical biller staff cost concierge and as the employer, you get two Pratter reports a year, one every six months. You get to see the good, the bad, the ugly and manage it as a benefit consultant and as the employer or union execs. On the health plan side, we have six different solutions the ER visits, the revenue codes, direct provider contracting, and about three others, that's on a shared savings basis. That being said, I'm assuming the shared savings is defined in your contract. Real quickly, in terms of your shared savings, how does that work? You know, we're able to line itemize bills like nobody else in the country. So what we're able to do is, for example, with the revenue codes, for each claim that had a revenue code, We have a carrier national average of what the discount real price paid is if that was CPT coded. So if you have a bill for an MRI that's revenue coded for 10 grand, and we know the carrier average is 1500, we send it out. And once it's repriced and we get it with a CPT code, we can actually track the delta per claim, add those up, and then take 50% of those shared savings. So we're not going to let you pay blindly for care and let the hospitals use an alternative billing system that's financially hosing you in a double pricing schema. Game over. Fair enough. So, Bill, people want to get a hold of you. How do they do that? It's always Pratter Day, Mike. So they can call me on my cell phone. Also, Bill.Hennessy. That's like the cognac except EY. Bill.Hennessy at Pratter.us is in the United States. Email me and connect with me on LinkedIn. I try to publish something every two weeks, educational and entertaining. And we're going to keep it that way until everybody has affordable access to care. Hey, Bill, it's always a pleasure to talk with you, man. And thank you for your time. Thank you for coming on the Solving Healthcare podcast. Thanks for having me as your guest. Happy Bradder Day. (laughs) Happy Bradder Day to you too, bud. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Solving Healthcare. My hope is that you found some value that you can use to apply to your plan and to help save money for yourself and for your employees. If you'd like more information on what you can do and other creative strategies that you can employ to keep your plan costs low and keep a competitive workforce, give me a call. Number is 832-236-8966. Or you can email me directly at mike at solvinghealthcare.net. Thank you. Thank you.